always wanted to know who the best player was on tour simply because I wanted to actually work as hard. And then I ran into a, a little guy by the name of George Knudsen out of Canada. And I watched him hit the golf ball. I watched him with the white stand, making the club back way inside, releasing the club. One of the greatest ball strikers I'd ever seen. Hello, welcome to this week's edition of the McKellar Golf Podcast. Uh, before we get to the show, a quick note. Uh, we are preparing issue eight of McKellar Magazine. Uh, we find ourselves um, somewhat short. Um, so if you haven't um, you haven't yet got your copies of previous McKellars, please go to mckellarmagazine.com and purchase whatever copies you don't have. I think we still have three, four, five, six, and seven available. Uh, I promise you, if you haven't read it, uh, you haven't heard of McKellar, uh, you will love it. It's world-class golf writing on subjects uh, surrounding golf. Uh, you might not have read anywhere else. Well, I'm sure you haven't read anywhere else, anywhere else because if you had, we wouldn't publish it. Uh, we deal in uh, straightforward original stories by great writers. McKellarmagazine.com. Uh, while I'm at it, uh, the quadrilateral um the best golf newsletter by a country mile, in my opinion. Um, it's on Substack. If you don't subscribe, then you really should. You will be joining an illustrious list of movers and shakers in golf. You will also be joining me. Uh, I love my quadrilateral, uh, written by my co-host, Jeff Shackelford. How about that sales pitch, Jeff? Thank you, Lawrence, as always. Appreciate it. Thank you for reading. It's yeah. going well. I'm having having fun. I've, I've had to table a little bit of original content that I'm uh, um, working on for the run-up to the Masters, because after all, it's a newsletter about the majors. <laughs> but yeah. as you know, we have a lot going on, and and the uh, talk of world rankings or Pebble Beach or uh, any of that stuff does have some somewhat of a tie to it all. So it was uh, it was an interesting... It's been an interesting time in the game, for sure. Yeah, it really has. Um, I don't know where to start this week. We had two shows last week, um, which, I mean, again, I talk about uh, buy magazines or subscribing. I mean, the number of people who listen to the show, Jeff, is uh, quite staggering. I got a very nice um, DM from a, a listener, quite an influential listener uh, the other day. Uh, I think you would call him a thought leader in the mm. current landscape of modern golf. Uh, so thanks for that. Um, so um, so since then, since we last spoke, since the uh, the great announcements from uh, last week, uh, the arrival of the Calvary in the shape of the Strategic Sports Group for the PGA Tour, uh, $1.5 billion of immediate investment, most of which is going to the players. Um, again, very little detail, Jeff. I, I mean, a lot of the players at Pebble Beach last week were talking about, they were somewhat surprised by the lack of uh, detail in the announcement. I did notice uh, one of the p p players uh, players on the uh, the policy board or whatever they're called was saying there should be a bit more clarity within the next 30 days about what the sports strategic uh, strategic sports group is up to with the PGA Tour. So we'll look forward to that. In the meantime, a uh, big week of actual golf. Um, I found myself uh, at Pebble Beach uh, for a couple of days, uh, two out of the three days, uh, Jeff. Uh, very excited to see uh, live golf in action. Very excited to see what uh, Pebble Beach uh, looks like. Very excited to see what a, a signature event looks like and how it differs from having been a, a, a customer at previous um, PJ Tour events, AT&T Pro-Ams at Pebble Beach. Uh, I'd have to report right off the bat that uh, not, not much has changed, Jeff, um, Again, hard to judge uh, how many people showed up. The weather was pretty poor, 
But uh, what I can report is uh, that uh, I went on Saturday. I got a lot of people there, surprising amount given the forecast, uh, but fewer groups to to watch. Um, only uh, eighty players, I think it was eighty players. I think it was and no and yeah, no arms. 82, whatever it was. Um, yeah. So uh, let's say the same number of people that usually show up to the 18 team pro am on a Saturday, but not enough golf to watch. Uh, hence, uh, as a customer experience, it was pr- pretty dreadful, really. Um, really crowded. Um, uh, you know, again, I, I, I didn't, uh, you know, I, I didn't, I, I, again, I, I know there's the downsides to having too many players on a Saturday and all these dreadful amateurs knocking it around. Um, but uh, it did have its benefit, and you could actually see some golf. Uh, you could actually see some of the players that you that you might want to see, and some players that you might not want to see. Uh, however, it was great, um, great to get there. I went on Thursday as well, Jeff. I trapped up very, very. I left a house in Northern California at four o'clock in the morning. I got to Pebble Beach because uh, Rory and uh, Ludwig were teeing off at Spyglass at eight uh, forty-five. Um, surprising number of people there, Jeff. Uh, so that was uh, that was okay, and it was a very cool experience to to see probably the two best drivers in golf uh, having a go at each other. Um, yeah, what did you see? Uh, well, what I saw was it was really interesting. Uh, Rory is, uh, I mean, for the first twelve holes, Rory, you know, first well, fourteen holes, Rory completely outplayed his uh, younger uh, Ryder Cup uh, partner. I then went bogey, triple bogey, and all of a sudden he was, I think, four or five shots behind Ludwig. Um, again, apart from the aberration, he, he took a bad drop, uh, an incorrect drop on, I think it was the fifth, uh, well, his 15th hole, I think the seventh hole. Um, the par five, I think that's the seventh, is it the seventh? Or, anyway, um, uh, uh, on Spyglass, um, but, but in terms of driving, uh, Rory is still reign supreme. He's still hitting it further than Ludwig. And he still hits it straighter than Ludwig. I mean, I know it's a, a small sample size of a, a one round of golf. Um, Ludwig, Ludwig looks great. I mean, he looks like he belongs there. Um, are you um, are you sidestepping his last name because it's, this is a mononym? He's already oh my good Ludwig, or yeah. you just don't want to deal with the pronunciation <laughs> controversy and his his I, I, change I really, last week? Yeah, I really don't want to deal with the pronunciation controversy. That's I think it's really o- odd. O- Oberg now. Believe you oh, do get the know. G. Well, I don't know how Aubert. we're expected. To, I don't know how we're expected to, to to know the pronunciation when he clearly yeah. doesn't either. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, I think I see. I see. I think he might have earned already earned the moniker Ludwig. I, I think. I mean, he finished second in the fifty-four hole tournament. Yeah, I think. Uh, I, I, I think he's. Um, he is here to stay. Uh, looking for any kind of weaknesses in his game, it's really hard. I mean, the, the data can tell you one thing, but you you know the eye test tells you another thing. He is a great driver of the golf ball. He uh, actually strokes gained approach wasn't great last week. I don't think they're not as good as it might have been. Um, I think like all these guys, it's just a case of experience. The thing about Pebble and the betters, we should have mentioned this for the, any betters listening to this. Um, Ludwig had a great record at Pebble Beach as a college player. He won the 2019 Carmel Cup. Um, um, playing for Texas Tech, so he had. So I think we what we saw last week from Ludwig, or the perspective of Ludwig Ogberg, is that um, once he gets goes around these PGA Tour courses for a season, uh, if he gets to courses where he has some experience and some knowledge, uh, he is going to be a formidable force. Um, I'm thinking about the majors. I'm, I'm sure he's played uh, Augusta National. 
um, as a college player, not in the tournament, obviously, but he'll have some booster where they've got them, him and his teammates down there to play maybe once a year. Um, but I, I, you know, people were asking me, well, is he going to win the Masters? He's going to win the Masters. Uh, I, I, I kind of doubt that. I mean, he's going to, he's obviously going to be in the mix. But um, as I say, I think you'll maybe need a year going around these PGA Tour venues, these PGA Tour courses, just to learn them. But when he, if he runs across a golf course that he knows, like Pebble Beach, then he is going to be a, a serious contender. He is uh, the real deal, Jeff. It's um, actually a really personable chap. Um, he, you know, as much as the players could interact with the uh, with the fans, uh, he was really good, really personable, smiley. Uh, seemed to be really enjoying himself. Um, that's very something as well, Jeff. We'll maybe come on to that as a, the customer experience. Again, it, it seemed to me. Um, the last time I was at Pebble um, seeing live golf was at that, that 2019 Carmel Cup. And I, I basically stood five yards behind Louis Alberg as he hit his second shot into 18th. Uh, this time I was 75 yards away um, behind a rope. Uh, as I say, it all adds to the lack of great customer experience. Um, anyway, uh, all sorts of things. I, I, again, Jeff, you were watching on TV and maybe you had some thoughts on the golf because I have some thoughts myself. Um, but, but I wonder what you thought. I, from where my, I was standing, it was essentially Pebble Beach is now a, a pitch and putt golf course. Do you think that's unfair? No, it's not because he had no role last week. We had role, of course, when the U.S. Open was there. Uh, and you see how far they, they hit it. Unfortunately, I was trying to pull up uh, some shot link stuff, but it's not working at all for Pebble Beach. Uh, I wanted to see some of the carries. I, I know that uh, Clark averaged somewhere around – 287 uh, on all drives, which is pretty amazing uh, with no rolls. So it, yeah, it was, I, I was astonishing him hit a four iron into 18 where the, the tee shot actually bounced backwards. He did take sure. an aggressive line, obviously that cut off <clears throat> some ground, but uh, it does seem like, uh, yeah. And I, I mean, we're not, we're not bringing this up of course, to belittle his 60 in any way. It's still an incredible round. In fact, it, it, it was so incredible that the idea that he he came up a matter of inches short of 57 is just just mind-boggling and he did make a crazy bogey on 12 and but those that's happens in those rounds but to make 190 feet of putt on 3500 square, square foot greens is is just mind-boggling and well somebody might say well maybe that was irons weren't very crisp well any iron shot is as you know to those greens that hits the green and stays on the green is a good shot they're so small yeah um and when the, and if there's any wind at all they play even smaller so i know it was soft but um uh, an incredible round and you know what's you what's interesting too is you watched you couldn't see it oh well maybe in your corporate chalet they they had a nice big screen but CBS had some awesome ground shots of the ball and you, you, you know, on the, they were rolling fine, but it's at POA with the footprints and you just like anything can happen. You're watching the ball, uh, even as he's just striking every putt to perfection, you just don't know until the last second. And, um, uh, just an unbelievable, uh, uh, accomplishment and round, no matter what, even, you know, three balls were not in the fairway that he couldn't get his hand on. I think, well, one of those was a drop on uh, 16, but he made par there, barely. I mean, it just almost went in with the birdie. So I, I just think it's uh, it's a shame. It's another golf course that um, is uh, is is increasingly outdated because because nobody wants to uh, uh, say 
to uh, certain companies that, that something had to be done or to the players. And I just think that's uh, that's a shame that a place like Pebble Beach becomes less relevant or that they're, they they left fairways after the women's open. And they, I mean, I, I'm just, I never saw a good look of it, but they took away the one on six, which was one of the great improvements there where they brought the ocean in play off the tee. Yeah. Like, what do you, I, I, now I I did hear Jim Nance say they're going to take the fairways back out after the, the, the tournament. And he is the mayor of, of Carmel these days. So he would, he would know he goes and walks the, the dog out there and, and, and does play by play calls on random golfers uh, shots uh, while he's just taken in the scene. But I, uh, I don't think narrowing even matter. I, I think we're in agreement. It doesn't even matter now, as far as they hit it. I mean, Mayakoba had these a couple of the most ridiculous looking fairways I've ever seen. And I know the camera distorts some things, but you can see where the fairways used to be. And they brought them into these little tiny strips, and it's just like, what, what, why? And I, it doesn't really truly matter. The grooves are perfect. The guys are hitting a wedge in if they bomb it down there, and uh, their teams tell them to do that. And so it, it, it's, it's, um, I mean, I, I you know, Riviera's going to – I think we're going to be on a 59 watch, depending on the weather at Riviera, for sure. Uh, we just we just got about 10 inches of rain here on, on the west side, give or take. An inch, uh, uh, you know, it was 13 in Bel Air, and so the place is not going to dry out. The forecast looks really good, uh, although my local weatherman mentioned something about a storm Thursday, but it looks really good on the maps and nice, beautiful days in the high 60s, so – I think you're going to see Riviera get absolutely uh, torched next week, unless we have some some crazy uh, stormy weather again. The um, the on the premises over at Spyglass, Jeff, these fairways were cut so narrow, but it just doesn't. You know, you see Rory driving the ball, and he, I mean, I mean, he, I mean, he rips it, absolutely rips it, fully knowing that the ball is going to go. The equipment is so great. Obviously, Rory's driving is one of the greatest drivers, and in the modern game, in the game, perhaps in the history of the game, but um, you, you know, rips at it, knowing full well that you know the ball doesn't move much. The the driver head is you know so forgiving. Uh, you're not you know if you're going to miss, I mean, Rory, I think Rory missed maybe two or three fairways that day, but he didn't miss them by much. And uh, it's really um, it's it's not a fair challenge anymore. And over at Pebble, I, I went through it the other day in my head. I think only eight might, you know, as for an approach shot, I think eight might be the only par four that demands a kind of mid-iron, maybe. Yeah, because uh, you, know, if you yeah, can't hit yeah, drivers. Yeah, that's <laughs> right, yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, what you go through them all, all the par fives are eminently reachable. Uh, every par four is a wedge. Um, and then you're left with the par, you know, the par threes. It's, uh, I, Again, actually, Clark's sixty was a, was fantastic. A couple of notes on that. Uh, was it a course record? Where do you stand on the big debate, Jeff? Or it's not even. A big I, debate? I, I stand with it being a course record. I mean, Tom Kite had a sixty-two that counted where they played lift and clean, and uh, uh, you know Al Geiberger, That was the rule in play. Al, Al doesn't really remember ever getting his hand on the ball in the fifty-nine. Um, so. Uh, I, I I think it has to count. They wouldn't have been playing if they weren't. They wouldn't. The course wouldn't have been playable probably if they weren't playing that that rule. At least playable by modern standards. The ball would have been covered in in uh, mud and all that. So yeah, I think it's the course record. And as I said, I really it was it was inches from a fifty seven. So uh, I think it has to count. Well, you, 
Oh, of course not. I mean, of course yeah, not. Uh, yeah. Ah, the Scotsman, of course. <laughs> the uh, the other note on the Clark thing, I just thought it was fantastic in his uh, post post victory um, press conference. <laughs> he thanked he thanked the guy who helped him with his putting, Mike. I don't sorry, I don't know his last name. I just thought that was uh, again. I, I do know that I, I, somebody told me that Clark subsequently called the guy or texted him whatever to apologize. But uh, the modern pro, uh, these have a mass team. There's a team of people. How can they be expected to remember everybody's uh, last name? Anyway, yeah. to Mike Kansky, who I uh, was working with Clark at the start of the week. I think he's part of the uh, Phil Kenyon. Uh, That's what uh, it says. Yeah. 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 The, uh, and lo and behold, uh, I mean that the Putin performance was just quite unreal, just yeah, crazy. Just crazy. although and I mean, we, we I don't think it was see a, those very often because so many guys yeah. are kind of so-so putters now. Cam Smith obviously uh, did it at the old course, but those greens are uh, several of those greens are are uh, uh, nine, eight, nine times the size of Pebble's. Green. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> not to not to uh, denigrate yeah. his his hundred or two hundred twenty five feet he made in in the open one uh, one uh, day, but yeah, yeah, I thought it was two hundred and sixty, but there you go. Um, uh, again, the, the, yeah. Well, anyway, I mean, Clark I mean, it would have been impossible for Clark to, to to even get near to what Smith did, as you say. The greens were much smaller. But uh, just puts into perspective how good Clark's putting was that day uh, on that Sunday at the at the Open Championship. Just quite, quite stunning. Um, yeah. Anyway, so um, I called off after fifty four holes. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, some of the weather down there on Sunday was was quite outrageous. I've never seen it. Actually, do you see? It was quite. I mean, it was quite funny. I think it was Andrew Putnam put that really quite quite a funny video. Uh, standing there, you couldn't hear him screaming into the wind and the rain. Oh, <laughs> things are fine here. It was uh, oh, the wind can but, blow yeah. so hard there; it's just yeah. incredible. So yeah, I mean, it, look, we knew this year with the El Nino and the forecast that 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 the Farmers Riviera or Pebble, one of those three, was going to likely have a very rough week. And we're fingers crossed, hoping next week at Riviera is not not uh, a repeat of what we just had the last uh, the last 48 hours here in LA. Uh, but it's um, uh, it was it just seems like it was bound to happen. And that, as you know, how I feel, I, I wrote a whole uh, piece in the newsletter, I just, you know, that juxtaposition of them shortening it which they had to do there i still haven't yeah. seen but i know there was damage to the golf course and to the infrastructure and they might have been playing today if they had to finish the round so uh it, it was it was the right call but juxtaposed against live new signature event no cut 54 holes but we get all the ranking points and we pay a full payout uh the look is Lawrence. I think it's just, it's, it's just deadly. It's fatal. It's terrible. And uh, I'm not saying they should have anticipated this or that they have influence over the world ranking on the 54 hole thing. Cause they certainly don't want to set a precedent of somehow giving some points back or, or having a different scale uh, rain shorten event because that's, that's, that opens up an interesting can of worms, but um Gosh, just not a when you just pull the whole thing together. And by the way, the one other thing you asked what I saw on TV, the one thing I did notice was on Friday, the biggest 
crowd of the day was following Josh Allen and Tom Brady. So oh. uh, maybe the celebrity element does bring people to the uh, golf course. Uh, yeah. Um, actually, I was going to ask you about that. Um, from a, from a, a fan perspective, uh, there didn't, again, I can't remember what the uh, and daily tickets were $125, which I thought Oof. that kind of shocked me. Um, and parking, uh, again, you know, as if for a fan experience, I thought it was pretty poor. Uh, you have to park up in uh, at Fort Ord, which is, you know, 15, oh, 15 wow. 20, 20 minutes away. You get your shuttle. I mean, the shuttles are great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you get your shuttle down. Um, as I say, fewer groups to watch. Um, so a bit trickier and moving around the golf course. Again, weather affected. Um, um, so moving around the golf course wasn't that that terrific. Uh, yeah. Parking was off, obviously awful, and um, so yeah, I, I wonder if you noticed any difference uh, as a TV viewer and in, in the you know this being a signature event. Did you did you notice anything that was different? Anything that was better? Yeah. Anything that was worse? Yeah, well, we didn't have to do the usual uh, showing somebody as a as a favor because they're the CEO of this or that. We we had less of that, which I don't think anybody missed. But it did feel like there was just a and again, it's hard to judge with the weather. It just felt like there was a little less something in the air those first two days, for sure. And certainly, uh, I think Saturday uh, Clark's round helped distract from from what was normally the the celebrity day which which i understand why people don't like it but it it was uh something unusual and different on the schedule and brought in some different viewers and used to get uh used to be one of the highest rated days of the year uh, a while ago but not now so yeah it just felt like um it just didn't it did the the whole thing just didn't really sing but again i don't know how much of that's weather and how much of that is is the change in in uh, format? Um, I just wonder if it was like a, one of these WGC events. I'm guessing the the, the, the fact that it was being staged at Pebble Beach elevated it a little bit. You, you go back sure. to those terrible WGCs at Firestone or any of these oh, dreadful uh, golf courses. Um, the Gallery GGs and were, Tucson. Oh yeah, they went to some. <sighs> They were some real, real dogs, you know, and that's why Austin Country Club worked so well for the match play because it was one a good match play golf course, not a good stroke play course, but it it just had a great uh, atmosphere, despite not being really very fan friendly. It, um, it, 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 you know, brought together the the two most important things. It worked for the format and 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 had some energy and some some buzz. But uh, that's another event that uh, another blue chip sponsor. Uh, is uh is said said goodbye and and we don't have match play on the schedule now so uh, there you go um the the fact that it was uh, shortened to 54 holes gave us all the opportunity um to certainly give me the opportunity i'm just, from what i can gather from the social medias that uh, everybody who could you know, might have sat down and watched pebble beach turned to uh, well, I, I would have, I've struggled to find uh, live golf uh, on my uh, TV package over the, the last year or so, but lo and behold, my uh, YouTube TV um, they floated live golf, the live golf coverage on Sunday to the top, so I was able to find it. It mm. was on Cron Four, which uh, a fringe TV network uh, in the Bay Area here. Um, not the CW. I didn't know why, but I was happy to to get in there. Um, again, Jeff, the direct comparison. Everybody's making it. I wonder, as a as a connoisseur, uh, um, aficionado, uh, what you thought of the 
the live golf coverage you were able to compare the live golf coverage to the pg tour coverage in successive days i, I wonder who, who won the competition well cbs is still doing great great stuff right now but i i was very pleased to see uh i think live kind of uh uh cut out a few things they were they were trying that didn't work and they really drilled down on the things that were working and i was uh well first of all i had just a, a glorious power nap which speaks to the the <laughs> horrible background music not being as horrible and thankfully it went away when rom and the last few groups were playing the last hole um so yeah because i've i've found those events unwatchable with the music and the djs in the background and and i know they've it just feels very intentional the way that sound has worked. So whatever they think it has sounding like a disco is uh, is going to bring in the kids. So that's what they do. But I was really blown away by that little putt uh, line reading thing. It's kind of a weird camera shot because it's low, but at the same time, it was shocking how much some putts broke and how and that yeah. thing was correct. It was absolutely one hundred percent accurate as far as I could tell. I can't speak to the time when I was out cold, but. So I thought that was really cool. They, I, I really love how they're using the drone or the cranes and the aerials to give you that sense of the hole and putting graphics on top of that. You know, and that's one thing CBS is not doing with the drone shots. They're a little more enamored with the the beauty of them and kind of the moving. Uh, I think it's Tony Scott was the director who was kind of into that moving aerial thing. And that's kind of what they're going for. And I love that. But I liked what Liv did where you it gave you an idea either where the guy's tee shots were or just kind of where they were in the context of the whole, the architecture's grotesque. So you'd love to see it on a better course, but I, I thought that was great. Um, you know, the, the, uh, Faraday was very engaged. He was not afraid to, uh, crap on Joaquin Neiman's pace of play, uh, which I always enjoy when, when Faraday's in that kind of a mood. And so I was, I was, he, cause I, I found him a little disjointed last year on those broadcasts. So that was good. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, it's not an easy event, as you know, to televise because they don't have breaks and uh, everybody's on the course at the same time. And so it's hard to figure out, I think, who to, you know, I think I saw some people complaining that they, they, they didn't show enough people. It's like, well, it's the final round. You've got to show the, the outcome of the tournament and who's doing what who cares what Graham McDowell or Paul Casey are doing. I mean, they're not in contention. I don't know. Who cares? Uh, well, I was caring about the my majestics. Uh, oh, having invested myself fully, rough start. Uh, they are rough start. A rough, rough start to the season. They are. I think they actually they had a pretty Did decent beat... final day. I think. Oh, yeah, they, they beat the, the high ninth. flyers, didn't they? Oh, everybody beats the high flyers. Yeah. Don't they? Um... <laughs> <laughs> God, these names, the names. That's the, the way, other thing, Lawrence. Think... You just the names and the uniforms. I, I know it sounds like some sort of weird vanity thing, but it really does undercut uh, what they're trying to do. It just yeah. does. And it's just, no matter how hard they try, uh, I mean, that uh, those clothes that, that, that Neiman's wearing, I mean, I made a joke today because I feel he should get a master's invitation. He fits kind of the criteria, but really, I'm not joking. The chairman should include a little post-it note on top of the application saying, uh, yeah, we'd be happy to outfit you in the pro shop. Do a Clifford Roberts. And go, you know, we have a lovely pro shop here. We'll be happy to outfit you any way you'd like, except with a green jacket, unless you win kind of thing. See you in April, uh, Fred. <laughs> I mean, uh, those just 4K, a... you, just awful. Anyway, and the logos the, are uh... so big, you know. Yeah, you see John Rom, who, yeah, he's not 
he's not a not a style beacon, but you see him in this stuff with his pink Legion 13 logo. And the logo's so big. I mean, like literally, you feel like it could interfere with the backswing. The patch is so clunky. And you're just like, what are you guys doing? You 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 just sound like an old man mourning, Jeff. No, 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 yeah, no. You... I'm saying that as somebody who thinks there's there's merit to the concept of a team and but you've got to have better execution than that you just like what yeah. what young person if they're obsessed with young people what young person would wear that crap no none it's ugly yeah. well again we've i think we've talked about the branding thing I, I don't think they took the the name thing particularly seriously when they were launching which is really odd given the amount of money they've invested uh the name thing is a is a mistake that'll yeah. take a, a few years to recover from uh, nevertheless, uh, a couple of notes on the leaderboard. Uh, I saw Mickelson was um, droning on last week, and he's he's just turned into some Twitter yeah. troll. Um, yeah, if there was a match between PG Tour and Live Golf, Live Golf would win it by miles. Of course, you know, <laughs> probably because Mick, probably because Mickelson wouldn't be playing. I think I saw him. I think he finished second last out of the field. Yeah. Um, which uh, you know, he's uh, obviously his off season. Whatever he was doing in the off season didn't, yeah. didn't really work. Um, the tournament itself won by Joaquin Neiman, as you say. Um, uh, the fourth <laughs> again, I, I didn't. I switched off by then. Um, it was finished in complete darkness, which is you know, it's kind of cool in a way. I remember yeah. Ty Tiger shitting the seven iron at the last at Farson is a kind of iconic moment. Uh, I'm not saying this was an iconic moment, but nothing wrong with that. Uh, beat Sergio in the um, the fourth playoff hole. Good for him. Um, and I, I can't, oh yeah, John John Rams. Um, John Rams Legion 13 won the team event, shared $3 million. Uh, Caleb Surat, the 19-year-old uh, college student, as was until the, at the start of last week, picked up a cool, I think it was $1.27 million for his Oof. week's work. It was a pretty, wow. pretty good in, individual performance as well. I think he finished tied 13th, tied 14th. Uh, I was, um, I can't remember why I was seeing how, what a performance this was from him. And then he goes and makes a triple bogey, but bounced straight back. Stunning performance. I don't know if it yeah. says a lot more about him or more about the the standard I, of golf on show. I, I do think it does say. I'm not. I'm not uh, downplaying. I mean, me five birdies after that triple, and uh, but it did. If you, I because I went into his card, he made 16 birdies for the week, which is fantastic. But I did. I did. I did get a sense looking at the leaderboard that uh, there were some people who played some tournaments in the off season and people who worked in the off season. And there were quite a few guys. Yeah, clearly. Who, who didn't and 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 then not a golf course uh you want to turn up uh at and not be on your game because if you're you're a little bit wild and then they seem to decide to have some serious rough. Uh, so yeah, if you were if you're a little older and you're uh you've been mailing in your off season because you made all this money, uh, it kind of showed. <laughs> so we'll see what happens this week. But yeah, quite a debut. I, again, I don't want to take anything away from it. Uh shocking really to just go from where he was to 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 i i just don't care what the competition's like 16 birdies and six and 54 holes is is uh mighty impressive so good good for him he's uh legion who is the fourth on legion 13 it's hatton um, rom and vincent uh, vincent oh karen vincent the, right the, uh, yeah, who played in the right, qualifier yeah, yeah. Um, so the uh whatever sorry go, i'm a couple of points uh i i was i was watching surat's performance and thinking my goodness uh of all the college sports, perhaps golf is the closest to the professional level. Uh, you, what, mm. what do you think of that? Somebody, somebody came back to me and said, "No, no, the NFL." But I'm not so sure. I mean, Surat came out. No. Uh, uh, he played in the Walker Cup team, but I, I, I think the 
you know, if anybody who follows college golf would probably tell you five or six players that are better than Caleb Surat. Um, and it made me think you were talking about all the old guys who didn't really perform that well. And Sunday live, I don't know when the contracts are up. I think it's three. They all signed three-year deals. So at the end of this season, yeah. live will be looking to replenish its um, its players uh, player base, uh, and they could do a lot worse than than go and forage in uh, college golf. They'll get some uh, really really good players, and obviously they'll you know you said they're obsessed with the younger the younger demographic. Well, maybe. Um, the likes of Michael Thorbjornson, David Ford uh, at North Carolina, Jackson Coyvan at Auburn. These guys might uh, might pull in the young demographic that they that they are looking for. Uh, interesting times. Uh, the main well, point, that, Jeff, no, is wait, 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 wait. That, let's not leave. That's an interesting question. You've got me thinking. I'm going to have to think about it more. But I, I think you may be right that in terms of I'm not I, I'm not saying college golf is equal to the level of 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 PGA Tour or European tour golf, but it, I, you certainly there aren't many people in college tennis, uh, oh, there's going over to the professional game and, and reaching there's whatever none. the quarterfinals. I mean, it happened, it happened once recently. I remember somebody, but it was, it, it is not, it doesn't happen. Um, football. Well, look how many people play college football and look how many are drafted. Um, although that one's kind of interesting because there's, there's so many, random stories of guys who are not highly touted thriving in the NFL because it's a little different game. But anyway, to your point, yeah, it's, uh, it is, it is an um, interesting time where, yeah, I don't know how much of that is college golf being better, how much of it's the pro game's been dumbed down a little bit. Um, I, I think, and I think a lot of it's college golf is just better prepares people if they stay in school. Although there you go, Caleb Surratt left school and yeah. look what he did. Now it's one week, and as we saw, Nick Dunlap finished dead last at, at Pebbles. So that's an interesting question, though. I, I I don't know how you would quantify it, but that that um, yeah, that's something college golf should be absolutely uh, uh, hanging on. I, I think, and they should back it up with some data, maybe. The um, a college golfer of my close acquaintance actually made the point to me that if you take the five best college players and and pit them against five guys from the the mid market of the PGA Tour, uh, you you would over eight, you know a Ryder Cup style thing. You you know you would probably back the college players to win it, uh, win that that, that Ryder Cup. Or you, yeah, whatever. you might. Um, the the danger you you know in this conversation is well, okay. Without let's say you did that, it's a one off event. Well, they might do that, but. Pro golf is a long season. There's travel. Yep. Yep. There's no, a new pr- kind of pressure being away from a team. There's you have to figure out your diet and 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 your uh, travel arrangements, or you have somebody helping. But anyway, the point is, it's a it, it it still is a a leap to go to the pro game and thrive. Uh, there, and it's a different. It takes a certain kind of personality to enjoy that uh, lifestyle. Well, uh, two, two, there's two examples of the weekend. I mean, you look at yeah. Ludwig and you look at, you look at Surat. Um, anyway, interesting, interesting point. Um, the main thing, Jeff, is that just the uh, certainly for somebody like me uh, who really hadn't engaged with live golf, this is the first chance I really had to, you know, spend an afternoon with it, a whole an entire afternoon with it. And my um, my take, I was quite shocked. I mean. If you're you know, a PGA Tour fan like me, a European Tour fan like me, you would think that the PGA Tour European Tour product is miles and miles ahead of Live Golf. But lo and behold, I really, 
Um, I I couldn't believe just how close they were together in terms of well field strength, in terms of television product. You would probably have to go with the PGA Tour, certainly over the past weekend, simply because of Pebble Beach. But my goodness, they are they are really really close. And if I'm at PGA Tour HQ, you know, having seen the watching public get their first chance at a really direct comparison, um, yeah, they are rivals. They're, they're, this is not a you know a market leader in some kind of fringe competitor. These two are. You know, these two are close competitors now. I think that's to me that was yeah. seemed pretty clear to me. Would you Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree. And I think I think you nailed it. The two two elements are you you do feel like there's a little more depth on live. There are fewer of those people you know just are there to fill a field. Uh, so when they're cutting to somebody showing, you go, well that that guy just contended in a major not long ago, and he's a good solid up and coming player. Yeah, they they have more of that now, and then. When you put on a good television product, we know that says a lot about uh, the the sort of investment and or it gives a projection of caring and this is important. And it's why, you know, people rail or you know, many of us rail on about uh, NBC and Comcast going backwards and where's the tour calling them and going, what are you doing? Um, because it undermines kind of that sense of this is something big and matters when they're just, they're just doing the bare minimum. And then you see CBS throwing the, you know, kitchen sink at it with the blimp and the drones and the replays and, and trying to find new little bits of tech and uh, trying to do a little instruction and, and all that stuff. And, and I know Sliv is doing a little bit of that too, trying to be a little bit educational because yeah, you and I probably don't care, but remember, there's so many people out there who are either new to the game, struggling at the game, and that is a part of the, the, the unique part of golf, that the people watching are attached to the sport in some way and, and are happy to learn. And uh, so the more they're using those tools, and and again, we know some of this tech stuff, the, the, the smash factor and some of these numbers they'll put on the screen – they mean nothing to most of us, but it just looks modern. It looks fresh. It looks like you're trying. It looks like you care. And the trackers and and are such a big part of this. So I I, uh, I commend them. And, and by the way, they they had a new director, uh, Steve. Uh, uh, I believe it's Bine is how you pronounce it. Who, who was with Fox and then did the first uh, year there of, of Live for some reason moved on. And he was he was called the producer because they didn't want to reveal that Keith Hirschland was the producer because Keith Hirschland's wife is the head of the USOC and they didn't want the look of of you know Christine Brennan was kind of wondering uh, about all that related to Saudi Arabia and the Olympic Committee and anyway Keith is the producer and I don't know who the new director was but to to, to it was a really good show with when you know you know that director is is very key on on how the whole thing works, especially again, very few breaks, uh, shotgun start, everybody's on the course. And, you know, that's something I think they have to work on in the future yeah. is, is, is this the final round? They have to figure out some way to kind of stagger it a little bit more. And I don't, I don't know what the answer is. That's their problem. I don't, I don't really, I don't really care, but <laughs> it's their problem to deal with. And, uh, but yeah, the bigger point is now, what do you think of what I wrote in, in the newsletter that, you know, this weekend was just a disaster in terms of the the tour and everybody insisting they're not worthy of world ranking points. What do you think of that that little juxtaposition well, we just saw? 
Well, you, your point was absolutely well made. Uh, it's 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 farcical at this stage that uh, that live golf doesn't get. Actually, before I come on to that, yeah, <laughs> before I come on to that, Jeff, we are, I don't know, we are 15, 20 minutes into the discussion and we haven't mentioned the Saudis' record on human rights, what the Saudi, you know, the MBS recently revealed, uh, or uh, Yasa recently revealed as, you know, allegedly involved in some kidnap plot. Um, my point being is sports washing works. I mean, we it are, works. We, we can't, yeah, it, it works because we are, you know, we are not, we are pretty engaged in the, in the wider world, we're taking interest in geopolitics, uh, and yet we we are barely mentioning it. And you know, eventually, we are prime examples of it. People get bored, people move on, and they just start yeah. talking about the product. They just start talking about the golf. Um, but um, you're you yeah. It's, it's at this stage, it's absolutely farcical. I think um, Neiman said after his event, you know, he's desperate to play in majors. Uh, he won the Aussie Open. He, he won on Sunday. Against a pretty strong field, and he's—I think he's still what is he still ranked out? I think he's sixty-six. He dropped from sixty-fourth oh. to seventy-seventh, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I've, again, at some stage, people have to. I mean, it's not something that the lay, but at some stage, that is going to penetrate into the kind of the wider public consciousness, isn't it? Hang on a second. Yes. These guys are competing against great players, and and they're winning these events, and. And why am I not? Why, why is he not at the Masters? It's just absolutely right. ridiculous. Um, you know, right now it's confined to the small golfing um, minority of golf nerds and golf obsessives. But at some point, it's going to penetrate the wider, wider sport and audience, and it's going to be just indefensible, absurd. And it might happen at the Masters. Well, and again, I, think I think did you? Yeah. I think it's happening now, and I think the difference we we uh, I believe knew this would be the case. There would be somebody would live who would really show they want to be in and would play other stuff. Patrick Reed did it a little bit, but it's Patrick Reed, and he's already in the Masters. And here's somebody who who got into the Open through the Australian Open, and he is he is uh, he he pulled out all the stops to try to accrue some points before the live season started, and. You know, I again, I don't get too weepy because he's he's probably brought in one hundred twenty-five, thirty million dollars at least already in this this move of of what he's he's done and knew the consequences. But I admire the fact that he's making the effort to try. And he shot a fifty-nine. He's playing great golf, and uh, I think he fits the description of a Masters invitee. And I think the Masters would do everybody a favor extending that special invitation that they do for international players just politically if nothing else uh to to show that they're uh, not completely ignoring uh live and buy the world ranking people some time to uh sort out i am assuming live is gonna uh, has either filed a new application or will be and uh sort out how they deal with this and and uh no i don't think they should get full points for 54 holes but they got to give him something, and so, uh, so good for him. Do you do you agree that he should? Uh, oh, I mean, some well, of those special I, invitations. I, I have, we know where they've gone. They've yeah. gone to an Asian yeah. player that, to make Japanese TV happy or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the Chilean but, TV market isn't doesn't matter. That no, much it's to, not quite the same. <laughs> no, <laughs> but um, it will. I, I think it's pretty uh, irrefutable that he should get a Masters invite. However, I, I wonder if the Masters will do that. But if if Fred Ridley extends an invite to a live golfer like that, he is essentially rebuking the OGWR. Um, and that's, yeah, but yeah, I, 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 
I think that will weigh on any decision that they make. That will be a major consideration because, you know, does Fred Ridley, does he really want to take take the sides probably putting a bit too strongly, but, you know, is he really in a, um, in a place where he wants to add credibility to live golf in the current, in the current mess uh, and diminish the authority of the official golf world ranking in, in such a way? Would he not, I'm thinking that out loud, what he might be thinking, would he not be better just let it lie there for a while and let the, mm. the OGWR board take care of this? As you say, you'd have to think that Liv have resubmitted an application. Um, and they do have some form of play and event. Uh, there does, they yeah. do appear to be building some kind of pyramid. Uh, you're right, 54 holes doesn't merit the same number of points as a as a 72 hole event. Although the 54 hole event, PGA Tour event on at the weekend gets full world ranking points, I think. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, again, I, I agree. He should get an invite, but I just wonder if he will. Well, I also would. I, I understand that point. I also would just love to see the precedent of of. Um, and again, this gets into the same problem for you is the masters needs to start really questioning whether they should be giving a spot, an invitation to every winner of every PGA tour event, regardless of the field quality. And, and while ignoring an Australia of some nice, I mean, look what the open qualifying series has done where that highlights the Australian open. It gets maybe some people there who wouldn't yeah. have been there. Um, and what that does that, that kind of keeps you in the news. It's just, it's just very masters. Like to me, if you're trying to channel Bobby Jones and Clifford Roberts, they've always had an international player thing. Uh, and it just fits with the masters that the Scottish open, the Irish open, uh, well, the Canadian open winner already does, but the Australian open, uh, those national opens, there's something there that, that really would be. And I'm sorry that those let's say there's five of them, and you take away five PGA, you know, the Bermuda, and uh, or and Bermuda may not be full FedEx Cup points. What's another one? Uh, the the Barracuda. Well, the Fortinet, the, past, the know, one, the one up at the, the Fortinet. Yeah. Although that one gets a better field than, but some of these things, uh, you know, and we know in the summertime where they're they're calling people up, and and we know our friends at the Shotgun Start have a blast with some of the people who get who get uh, dragged into a field. Uh, you know who haven't been been re- played in years, and they're off a win in 1999, and it, it's just uh, and then that tournament's producing somebody gets in the Masters when when you could tell this international story more, it just fits with the Masters more, and I I would I would love to see him t- to 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 do it and say it's because he won the Australian Open. <laughs> that's a fa- that's a really that's a that's a really fantastic idea, Jeff. To be honest, uh, I, I can't believe I'm saying that. The the problem with the Open series is. You know, extending three three spots in the open to guys. I I think one spot for say the, the Aussie Open would be great at the Masters. One, you know, I think that you know no, it would elevate yeah, those events. Yeah, yeah, just and, the winner. and 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 the excitement that that it would generate, the buzz that it would that would the week of the Aussie Open, the first one where a, a Masters invite was extended to the winner. Oh my goodness, people will be talking about Augusta. That I mean, the credit that Augusta National will get for doing it. I mean, it's. I mean, I'm guessing they yeah. don't really need to sell the product at this stage in, yeah. the, in their no. uh, in their history. But uh, you know, the goodwill that, that that would generate would be well worth well worth doing it. And, I, and there's no, there doesn't appear to be any kind of drawback to it, none whatsoever. I can't think of one. And 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 again, everything they do is is they ask the question, what would Clifford Roberts or Bobby Jones do? And this is just falls right into that category for them, of um, of, of updating things, but not. 
not ridiculously so. So I, I, I think it'll be really interesting. I, I do understand your point though, that it would create a, it would, it would, it could be seen as taking a side, but I think the fact that Neiman has just gone so above and beyond in the effort to play in Dubai and everywhere he can, I, I think that's what makes it, it different. And he won a, a national open. Um, so we'll, we'll, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, it, it, we'll, we'll know soon. I think they'd have to make that decision pretty soon, but uh, he certainly is, is giving them something to talk about and good for him. Yeah. You know, he yeah. deserves it. And you can, and his My passion wife. is so clear and yeah. so authentic. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, would he be uh, really, really deserving? And so I think we've reached a point of agreement where the, the PG tour and live golf are, uh, you would still probably well, give it to the PG tour 60, 40 or whatever. But they are uh, they are rivals now in in the space. They're occupying the same space at the same kind of level, um, which begs the question, you, Jeff. I'm going to sorry, go on. Well, you brought up something earlier. I wanted to not let go. You 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 know on the agreement last week, and we had our emergency pod, and yeah. and 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 what is this? You know, besides money going to players, kind of discussion. I, I want to just bring up to you this idea of how is it that we haven't gotten one little thing leaked or mentioned discreetly. Um, I'm starting to believe they really don't have anything tangible of, of real substance to um, as part of this package right now. And that's kind of scary because you just got to think something would have, or a player would have you know, misspoken Labs. and said yeah. something. Uh, and I'm just not, I'm not seeing what that is. And it's, so it's either there isn't anything there or it's something very dramatic that undermines the current nonprofit model. And they don't want that to be known yet, but with all the people in the room so far uh, who've been involved in this and that we haven't gotten that um, is, um, is, is concerning that they, there isn't something they're dangling and uh that's well, that's all well, i want to say to that yeah. well well perhaps there is jeff i, I mean the announcement last week uh, pointed out that was immediate investment of 1.5 billion going up to 3 billion it begs the question and what circumstances or what could it be that would that would provoke um or trigger that extra one one and a half billion um investment it's got to be from it's got to be a purchase of something it's it's a, it's got to be yeah. a purchase it could be a a, a some tournaments it could be it's got to be an asset there just has to be yeah what, what are these people buying otherwise it's a question everybody keeps asking and they they aren't they they know the answer what they may, may not know exactly what it is it could be pebble beach it could be i yeah it could be i doubt it uh i think it's more likely trying to go after uh, ownership of more events and they have because people forget the tour doesn't own that many events uh, I believe the Honda will now be one they're eventually taking over the ownership of, uh, of course, the what players, but they're a management company, largely. They're a licensing and management of uh, of tournaments, and and that's what a, um, that's what they do, and they have a obviously a for-profit element on that with ShotLink and with uh, championship management and things like that, and they're buying into that with PGA Tour Enterprises for sure, so there are assets, but that that number makes you think well there's there's but there's something else uh and 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 but what will it be to to kick in that extra money well that's that's right would well i'll float this um you suggested this to me would one one and a half billion buy the buy the pga championship and 50 percent of the Ryder cup that's currently owned by by pga of america 
I'm sorting that out for a, a piece in the quad. I, 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 at the moment, I've talked to some people. I, at the moment, I'm having a hard time seeing the PGA Championship being sold. Uh, it feels like the Ryder Cup with the PGA Tour getting 20% of the U.S. Uh, let's see, that's 20% of the domestic, or it's 20% of the television money over the course of the contract. So yeah, already they're getting a nice chunk there. And is that an event really that the PGA of America, is it really that much of a natural fit? And, you know, there've been signs, they've had some money issues, there's some layoffs. Uh, I, I I don't see them selling the PGA Championship, and nor do I think it'd be good for golf. I think it's great that I know people lament that we don't have everything under the same umbrella. Well, those are usually the people who'd like to control that under the same umbrella. I think it's actually kind of uh, interesting and fun and a little bit different that these majors are all owned by different entities and they have different approaches, and that's what kind of separates each one instead of a, 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 a very consistent uh production value to each one that, that they're all different is just the way tennises are all different. So, but the Ryder cup feels like when, you know, we, we've listened to Patrick Cantley wine enough. We can take that money. We're a nonprofit and, 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 you know, maybe they do it in a way that they can not create problems with their nonprofit status. And it helps the PGA of America. And it, it just gets that kind of headache off there. And maybe they retain some element of it, but, do, what do you think? I, I, it seems to me like the asset that would be the one that uh, the players would most like to take uh, because of all the pay talk and all that. And uh, yeah, that, that's actually when you when you frame it like that, it is the asset that the players would pro. Well, let's play the players. Let's face it, Patrick Cantley and and the, whoever billionaire VCs are whispering in his ear. I think we both know who it is, but we'll leave it at that. Yeah, it, it makes sense when you put it like that, but one and a half billion for half of the writer. Well, I don't know what the number goodness. is. I don't know what the number yeah. is, but I mean, the European tour owns 50% of it. So whatever the U, the PGA of America stake is worth, I don't know, but uh, I can see it. Yeah I, yeah. I have no idea how these people come up with these values. I mean, how they valued PGA tour enterprises. At twelve billion, I, I just like what for what? Yeah, um, so. I, I, and again, if uh, you wonder what the PG, uh, the membership of the PGA of America would say if the turn, if the leadership turned around and said we're selling or two, I mean those are big. You know, these are big assets that, that accrue income. You know, every year in the case of the the, the PGA Championship, and every two yeah. years in the case of the Ryder Cup. Uh, would you would you sell your financial future for it would have to be a pretty big number even it if it was just the Ryder Cup but it would have to be a pretty big number maybe not one and a half billion for half of a golf tournament my goodness uh, I know the Ryder Cup is big but my my God it would make yeah, it's complete not that sense big. it's it's big to yeah. us but it, yeah I, the TV audiences aren't that huge there's frankly more intrigue and all the build up uh, around it than than the actual event because of when it's played and, and against football and all that stuff. So yeah, I think it's something to watch. Uh, I really do. I think it's a fascinating element to this is what that up to 3 billion means. And, you know, or does it mean there's when the Saudis would kick in money, they would kick in more. I, yeah, we just don't, we don't know, but I am, I am shocked. We haven't gotten a little more clarity on what, um, this is all about and how it works. And I think the longer that goes, the more people will start to wonder uh, what's what's up here and what's what are we headed for? And, and also, well, it's just it, just to get the topic off of wondering about the money and wondering about you know, being excited about the investment in the future kind of narrative. 
is the tour desperately needs that soon. So somebody needs to blab in the, uh, and, and, and this just gets <laughs> us back to where's the commissioner, where's the front person, like what is going on? The guy made 18, $19 million last year. And, and where is he? He did a photo op with John Henry down at the, uh, at headquarters and our, our friends at the shotgun start got some great Intel on that. Very John funny. Henry kept calling Very it the funny. PGA. Uh, which they're a little sensitive to, as you know, uh, and I'm sensitive to it. It drives me nuts when a publication can't figure out the difference between the PGA Tour and the PGA of America. Uh, and there was music playing in the, from the construction site, and it was just, yeah, it got, go back to listen to their, uh, I think it was their Monday episode last week. But um, so at some point here, they need to, and frankly, Red Sox fans would like to hear what the what this money's going to because they've certainly done diddly squat this offseason, except, oh, we should talk about bringing Theo Epstein back since he came well, up on go. our last pod. They brought him, he, they finally gave him an ownership stake, which I believe is what he wanted back when he built them into uh, a two-time World Series champion and then left. But uh, yes, he is back. He's a big consulting guru. He's going to help him hire the next uh, football coach over at, was it Liverpool? Is that their franchise? Yeah, football. Yeah, yeah. He's going to consult on that. Yeah. Oh, is he? Well, I can't imagine. Yeah, oh, you didn't read the, oh, yeah. He's he's, he's sort of the guru of, uh, he's like their company guru. It's, it's a... I, look, he, I, you know, I, I told you he's one of the great general managers in history. But it, I was a little surprised to see, yeah, that's going to be his initial role. Is uh, that's the first big task is helping to hire I, that I next had, coach. I had no, I, I had no idea. Of course, the big uh, Epstein's big. Well, I mean, he fully embraced. I mean, he had the he fully embraced the Moneyball concept. He he, he was a guy that who did yeah, the, but, who did the A's model with money. That was the thing. Well, with yeah. money and and with a little bit of recognition of of character and it's one thing that the general manager right, of the yeah. dodgers has he he kind of made some mistakes very good with all that but has you you have to do a little there has to be some scouting there has to be some some gut element there has to be some visual element some character element to who you put on a team besides right. the pure numbers and theo yeah, well, was uh, yeah the one that kind of broke subtly from from Moneyball that way yeah, yeah, that's right. He elevated the cultural aspect of any, building any yeah. uh, French or any any locker room, dressing room. Yeah, I'm surprised he's getting involved in uh, English Premier League football. I, I'd be <laughs> I'd be interested to see to what extent he gets involved. I wonder if he would get involved in the family investment in in PG. I, I, that's why I read the articles. I wanted to see, yeah. it and there was no there was no mention. But it seems like I don't think he's a golfer. I don't remember any mention of him. I, I'm, I mean, I'm most sure of those general probably, managers. I, yeah. Art golfers, they have he no time. No, he, he has no time. That's right. <laughs> Actually, here's an interesting factoid about Theo Epson. His the grandfather wrote the screenplay for Casablanca. There you go. That's you right. Go. I remember That's that. I was like a yeah. Jeopardy question or something years ago. That's wild. Wow. Huh. Um, I, what do you know? Anyway, I, well, my God, God knows what Theo Epstein would think, make of the characters on the PGA Tour. Uh, yeah. We, I, I just one thing before we finish up, Jeff. I was um, just going back to this. You know, now we have the the direct comparison between live golf and PGA tour golf as products. They're clearly not quite equal rivals, but you know, very closely competitive, which surprised me um, given uh, which I was very, very surprised. Like most people were very surprised to read Jordan Spieth's uh, comments uh, about, you know, in the, in the mm. wake of the strategic sports group investment, essentially, I think I wrote the quote down here. Uh, he was asked about, you know, the Saudi investments, and he essentially said, I, I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, I don't think it's needed. Uh, 
it's not something that uh, re, re, and also the, the reunification of the two tours is not something that's really much of a priority right now. That sounded incredibly complacent. And if I'm sitting at Family Sports Group and I read Jordan Spieth saying, uh, "Yeah, well, let's keep the Saudis out of the tent," uh, I am, you know, let's keep that. Uh, heavily funded, uh, um, aggressive rival. Let's keep them in play. It didn't sound a very... I mean, Jordan Spieth's never been to business school. I think he spent two, a year and a half at Texas before turning pro. I'm, I'm guessing he's got the... Uh, he, that, that wouldn't have gone down well with Femi Sports. It didn't go down well with me. It just seems preposterous. I mean, uh, you know, we spoke about it on the emergency pod last week. Perhaps as strategic sports group, actually, they're one of their great motivations for do for buying into the PGA Tour is it gets get some access to to Saudi funding. Um, so I, I'm guessing they wouldn't have been particularly pleased to see um, to see Spieth uh, dismissing the Saudis to that extent. And also the general golf fans, I think everybody wants to see all the best players in the world back together at, at some point soon. Uh, he seemed to push that into the the, the medium future, at least. Weird mm. stuff from Spieth, wasn't it? Well, from a negotiating perspective, I don't I don't oh. know if I you want him putting that out there unless it was somebody decided, yeah, put that out there and that'll make Yasir pick up the phone. I I don't know that that's always a possibility, but I doubt it. Uh, I I yeah, I don't really understand what he was trying to do there, and and you know, Rory took himself off the text chain. We found out from oh. Alex Michelli. Um, good story from I, Alex Michelli, by yes, the way. Yeah, that nice was a good, work. Good he scoop. got. Some, he sounds yeah. like he got Rory one on one, or he asked him about. He heard about it and asked him about it. And in the modern world, this is the this is the kind of drama now. This is your a very passive aggressive move to say I'm tired of you guys. Uh, so I, I the the impression I get is more that there's just a lot of cooks in the kitchen, and they don't really quite have an answer. And and you've got Tiger, you've got uh, Cantlay, Spieth. Uh, Thomas is now back on the pack, uh, and he's saying, you know, he's still talking about, we don't want to welcome these guys back. That conversation needs to just stop because you first need to solve what you're going to do and how it's going to play out. And then we'll worry about that later. And by the way, the way things are progressing, a lot of those guys have made clear already, and they're going to continue to make clear. They don't, they don't want to come back. (laughs) <laughs> so you you look like you're in a little bit of a bubble when you say that, as Justin Thomas did, that uh, we, always, oh, we may have to be tough. Like they have this amazing asset that these guys are dying to come back to. They may they may not be. And that's, uh, I, you know, there's a danger where this Lawrence turns into a a professional version of the AJGA tour. This just very Americana clubby uh thing and you know i was really struck by wyndham clark's comments about legacy uh i guess he spoke to got together some media on monday once it had been called and he posed with the trophy and spoke to the guys and doug ferguson asked him about legacy and he said that was ultimately why he stayed with the tour he wants to win uh he wants to be ranked number one of the world he wants to win majors he wants to win storied events like the uh at pebble beach um but my question would be and this is not a knock on on wyndham but but aren't you guys chipping away at the legacy by taking away cuts and reducing the field size and uh, having players from around the world, not, not be as included unless they qualify for the DP world tour, whatever go, go through the list. The legacy is being chipped away at by this group of players. And I hope that's the lesson they, they take from this, but I, they didn't take it from the WGCs. So why, why would I expect them to take it from, from this now? 
And even in his um, his comments about staying on the PGA Tour, he still left a door open. I noticed that. Yeah. I can't, again, I'd have to paraphrase, but it was essentially for I mean, it was essentially some version of for the moment, you know, for the time being. Uh, yeah. When asked whether or not he'd be sticking with the PGA Tour, some again the point being that Spieth and Thomas, these guys who are being not confrontational is probably putting it too hard, but being you know. Uh, being isolationist, being and uh, not being open to some kind of uh, you know agreement or, or accommodation, these guys are leaving that big that big voracious beast out there. And as Liv's already proved in the last month or so, they could very easily uh, go and steal another three or four players. They almost had Clark. Uh, I, I mean, I've heard again over the week. I heard. You know, another two or three names kicking around. I thought it was really ironic that Ricky Fowler joined in with Spieth and Thomas saying that these live guys can't come back without penalty. I mean, it wasn't so long ago that Ricky Fowler was deep in negotiations with, with Live Golf and was allegedly. very, very heavily, well, allegedly, yeah, and very, very heavily rumored to, to be making the jump. Um, again, I think you're right. It's, it is in danger. The PG Tour is in danger with these guys of becoming some kind of uh, provet pro golf version of the AGGA, very American, very clubby, very, you know, let's face it, very accushionate, um, you know, very, you know, isolationist uh, yeah. and, you know, have a very, um, a very high opinion of itself and themselves yeah. when in fact the, the reality is that as it's proved, again, Pavon proved a 31-year-old Frenchman coming over at one point on Saturday, <laughs> the leaderboard, I mean, there was, I think it was, uh, you had obviously Clark at the, at the head of it, but then you had Pavon, you had uh, uh, Oberg, Aberg, whatever you want to call him. And <laughs> uh, there was another, Hoygaard uh, was in there. And then you had, I think Tide Fifth was the, the next American. Again, these guys seem to have a very inflated uh, opinion of their own talents and of the PG Tours uh, hegemony. I, I think they might be living in, in past years and, if they don't wake up at some point, they could find themselves in in serious tr- trouble. At the very least, I wouldn't be poking the, the bear to use no. a phrase. And and, uh, and, and let's get to the other problem, which is what you're talking about: people who are in the prime of their career and they're spending all this time talking about this stuff and, and in meetings oh, yeah. and stuff. What are you doing? You you pay a commissioner uh, a lot of money, and you have. Uh, you know, somebody like Tiger Woods now who is uh, invested in ways we probably don't know the actual numbers, but clearly he has some financial incentive. Uh, you have people, and he's not playing, although he is committed to Riviera next week, uh, but he's playing a limited schedule. He has time to do a phone call uh, with uh, whoever. And and like I just can't believe these guys in the prime of their, their career, and Cantlay's another one. That your or Adam Scott's not, but he's you know he still wants to be relevant. Well, what do you you're putting so much time into this? It's got to be taking away from your game, and that doesn't help matters uh, either. So I mean, and and all this may you know now that they've got their investment, maybe it'll maybe it'll change, and uh, they can go back to doing their job and doing what people want them to do, which is to play golf and look like they're enjoying it and all that stuff. So. Uh, it's, it's, but it's, it's confounding, uh, without more details to watch how this is evolving. And then, yeah, you have Liv, uh, going along and, and, uh, just plucking more players. And, and, I mean, look, like you said, it, the sport washings work, we're talking about that and, uh, they just keep doing them. Now they go to some crap courses coming up, but, uh, whatever it, you know, they're doing their thing and, uh, there better be a response pretty soon in some way. 
The uh, I did. There was. I mean, we were going to talk about the. Uh, we're not going to talk about this. Will be news to you, Jeff. But we're not going to talk about this new big streaming sports deal in in the United States and what that might mean for golf. We might catch catch up on that next week. Um, this week we well, have. I well, will, I, I will just. I would like to just quickly say. I. I. You know. Yeah. I put the press release in my newsletter. What it feels like. Uh, it will be very important to golf. This this topic and this thing is something to watch because there's either two things. One, you could see this entity one of the companies within it picking up live if if live keeps getting better so that's one element um comcast nbc is not involved but mainly what i see is is it looks to me like uh they threw this out there super bowl week uh with their nba uh negotiations coming down to the end uh this felt like something just thrown out there. All parties had a reason to get something like this out there and not necessarily for bad reasons. The customer might win depending on whatever the price is anyway. So it is definitely something to watch, but this definitely felt like a, a half-baked idea uh, that we're putting out there to gauge interest, to send a warning signal possibly to an Amazon or Apple. There's many layers to it. And uh, okay. but I do think it is something to definitely watch closely because it's it's gonna be a big part of 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 how people watch sports, uh, or or it's going to have an impact on it, whether this thing even happens or not. Yeah, I just for uh, I did notice I think uh 31% of our audience, Jeff, is based in the UK and another 10 in Ireland. So we should say to them, big announcement this week in the States that three companies are getting together to form a, a new streaming sports streaming service covering all sorts of sports, including parts of the PG Tour. It's um, Disney, oh, it's ESPN, uh, Warner Brothers, I think. And what was the last one? Fox. Uh, who's the third one? Fox, of course. Yeah. Yeah, you are right. My own interest, I mean, I didn't study it that closely, but my interest, I mean, Live would be a... I mean, a, a world-class product at a rock-bottom price. My goodness, it'd be a no-brainer for something yeah. like Fox to 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 carry that and put it on this platform. Uh, you know, and given where um, we're viewing how much they're going, I think I think in ten years' time we'll all be watching everything on streaming anyway. So all our live content will be will be watching on streaming. Um, so again, more danger for the PGA Tour uh, because it live will have a bigger platform. Um, uh, and again, as I see, for something like Fox Sports picking up a, a world class product at a rock bottom price, my goodness, it's a, it's a it's a no brainer. But we will leave that this week, uh, Jeff. Finally, uh, the uh, live live is off to. I can't believe they're even bringing live into this. They're playing in Las Vegas, oh, um, yeah. and the um, I watched the golf course. I didn't even notice what the golf is. That a shocker? There's not many. Uh, they're at Las course. Vegas Country Club. Yeah, I don't I don't know how. Oh, right, please. Oh. Well, I, I played oh. here a couple of years ago. It's uh, well, that's the golf course that was used in Goodfellas. That's where the, uh, <laughs> um, that's right. In in uh, in real life, the plane was was landed on. I think the can't remember the fifth fairway at Las Vegas. Right, it's, it's not bad. Um, and the PGA Tour is at the Waste Management. Uh, what will you be watching, Jeff? Live or you probably well, you haven't matter. even mentioned tonight's um influencer uh total onion esque <laughs> April 1st, you've got to be kidding me thing on Golf Channel with good, good, and um, uh, I there are rumors that Trevor Bauer is going to be playing the um, um estranged baseball player for uh, beating up women. I mean, no. anyway, 
your favorite person at uh, Barstool Riggs is the on-course reporter. Yeah, I got. Then I send you this press release. It's just, oh, no. it's just beyond comprehension that they, this is what they've come to. It's part of the Phoenix Open uh, slash WM week, whatever. It's the WM Phoenix Open, I believe, is the the name. But uh, and this is some golf galaxy tie-in that they're doing at grass clippings, rolling oh. hills, and. Tempe exclusively live on Peacock. It's going to be freezing, by the way, if this is uh, live at 7.15 p.m. Uh, I mean, it is going to be really cold. But Blocky's there, you know, the star of the PGA Championship. Somebody, gaming personality, Nate please, Shot. Please, uh, please Johnny stop, Manziel. Please uh, of course, uh, Gary Clark stop. of Good Good. Please, Andres please, Gonzalez please is, a, uh, no, no. is the lead analyst. George Savarikas. I mean, this, this is the Good Good Desert Open. Right. That's the event right, of the week, right. Lawrence. The uh, the oh, actually, Lordy. I did look the other day to check. I, I was remembering how bad the Netflix cut was. Um, and I just checked on Netflix Oof. to see if they'd actually taken if they'd taken it off the platform, but it's still there, but oh, in, yeah. in a highly it's in a highly edited form. <laughs> um, so isn't that weird that, that just when the golf channel is getting out of college golf and they're get, getting into this garbage? Um, you know, this weekend I know it's in Hawaii, but the I think it's the Ami Ameri or something. Um, it's a really amazing college event on Hawaii this yeah. week, um, with some absolute superstars, guys. You're going to Which, be fine. You know, in in five years' time, uh, what a field it is! What an event it would it? be! Hmm. Oh, absolutely stunning. Uh, that would be worthy. Again, I get Hawaii, so p- perhaps not for for showing on live on Golf Channel, but um. Again, uh, Jeff, uh, if the future of sports watching is streaming, uh, there are big opportunities in college golf as well um, for, for some broadcaster. That would be a, uh, given the level of, uh, of play and the personalities and just a kind of spectator experience at college golf, that would be fantastic. But of mm. course, Golf Channel is showing this tripe. Uh, I won't Oof. be watching it. Uh, I'm just a live golf fan now, Jeff. I will, yeah, my, clearly. Uh, I, I will have a limited amount of hours to watch golf. Uh, I'm hoping this week that the Majestics make a bit of a comeback, but I'm beginning yeah, to you, fear. Mm. Yeah, I'm beginning to fear that uh, the money, the $10 million spent on Westwood and Poulter, Each. Uh, respectively, might, might have been might have yeah. been money better spent oh, elsewhere. I'm but so we'll sorry. see. Well, uh, yeah, they invested you yeah. with that great, uh, that great little film. So yeah, I think yeah. they finish on Saturday because the Super Bowl is Sunday, and then of course CBS has uh, the Super Bowl this year. So NBC is doing the waste, uh, the waste management, and it has its traditional, uh, you know, finish right before the game. So uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, good, good events, whatever. And then, of course, we got uh, Riviera next week. I know you're excited, yep. and uh, Tigers yeah. playing, and uh, uh, we'll get to see a signature event, hopefully in in uh, better weather. Well, hopefully, Jay will show up to celebrate the two year anniversary of Bryson and DJ's statement saying this thing with the PGA Tour. Two years ago, wow. Yeah, that, that was, was uh, two wow. years, uh, two year anniversary of Rory saying this thing's dead in the water. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah, by the way, Bryson did uh, not have a great on... start there. Uh, Mayakoba, though, not, not a good course for the way he attacks a course. Yeah. Uh, good warm-up yeah, for him. <laughs> I, I, I'll just finish it off with Rory. Yeah. I, I'm, really love, I'm really loving the the uh, the 2024 version of Rory. Uh, both in terms I am of too. In terms of, oh, he is unleashed. This is Rory fully plugged in, uh, having a go, uh, seeing what's on his mind. Uh, let's leave the consistency of what he's saying to one side, but it's uh, certainly... It's catnip for those of us who like turmoil <laughs> as a general rule. 
Uh, yeah. Wonderful stuff. Yeah, I, I noticed he, he referenced his conversation with uh, with Spieth, called it Frank. I, I couldn't yeah. know what that means, but, but in uh, a very political uh, phrase, you know, when yeah. the leader of China meets the leader of the USA and have a full and frank diplomatic conversation, my goodness, it's a shouting match. So I would love to have been in a fly on the wall for that. Keep it up, Rory, uh, and keep up the... Uh, again, I, I think he finished way down the field last week, but my goodness, it was a joy to watch him. He is... Uh, he is just awesome. What a golfer he is. Hopefully he can get it together for the Masters, but I haven't seen a bit of his chipping, yeah. Jeff, last week. Oh, my goodness. Um, anyway, we'll leave it at that. Jeff Shackelford, uh, author of the Quadrilateral um, newsletter on Substack, my uh, co-host and a good friend. I will speak to you next week, Jeff. Yep, be well. Thanks, Lawrence. Then I realize it's a wide open